Welcome to Glitter and Braids, the podcast with a purpose and not much of a plan. The purpose is to be a bridge to getting people to Jesus. I believe the kingdom comes as a sparkle. In a world where many people feel the pressure to write their own story, my prayer is that God uses this podcast to help you see that you are already an important part of his story. He will call upon your strengths, expose your weaknesses, and cover you in glitter. The patterns of God are revealed through stories that showcase his faithfulness in the hidden treasure moments in a highlight real culture. Hello and welcome to another episode of Glitter and Braids. If this is your first time here, my name is Caitlin. We are on episode three of this interview series that I've been doing with my friends. I hope that it has been bringing you as much joy as it has been bringing me. The podcast with a purpose and not a plan now kind of has a bit of a plan and I'm really loving it and I'm just so grateful uh, that God has given me the inspiration. So I hope that it has been an encouragement to you. I have with me this morning, my friend Liz, and we are going to be discussing grief and gratitude. So I'm going to pray, and then Liz is going to tell you a little bit about herself, and then we will get into the questions that I have for her. There's really just one question, and then we're going to discuss a piece that she wrote about a week ago because I just feel like some questions are going to naturally come out of there. But wherever God leads is what we're going to be obedient to. And he knows what you need to hear. So we're going to trust him. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to record a podcast with Liz this morning. I pray that you guide our words and our thoughts, that the things that we say are what you want us to be saying this topic uh, I know is going to impact a lot of people as they are walking through hard things. Please remind them of your truth, that you are near to the brokenhearted, that when we trust our lives to you, we know that pain does not have the final say, that there is hope that one day you will wipe every tear from our eyes. I pray that if there's anybody listening to this podcast that has not trusted Jesus with their life, um, that they have softened hearts and open ears to what you have for them, that they are reminded that you are near to the brokenhearted and that there is hope. There is always hope because of Jesus and that they can trust you with their pain and that you are walking with them through the messiness of grief. Help them to see what they can still be grateful for. Open their eyes and ears to the beauty that is around them, the joy that is possible because of Jesus, even in the midst of so much so much pain and brokenness in this world. Liz and I love you so much. Thank you for the work that you have done in our lives and the ways that you have allowed us to see how pain can have a purpose and how we can bring glory to you through it. We love you and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Liz, the floor is yours. Well, first of all, thank you for having me, Caitlin. I'm very excited to get to talk to you about this, and it's a topic that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, so my name is Liz Newman. I am a poet and a writer and a blogger and a new stack writer more recently, which has been really fun. But I've been writing in the online space since about 2016. And when I started out, I wrote more about life in general and it wasn't so much about grieving until I was met with a very personal, very earth shattering grief of my own when my dad passed away in January of 2021. And it was during that time that a dear friend of mine said that they really felt that writing was going to be a huge part of my processing. And she was just so right. And the Lord was really tender with me and really merciful with me as he helped give me some of the words to kind of work through what I was going through and to pour that out pen to paper and get that out into the open so that I could face it and process it and walk alongside a, a community during that time. And so the last several years, my focus has been mostly on grief poetry and also going along with that hope. So a lot of the things that I write try to honor the tension of grief and hope and love and loss and gratitude and just finding our way to experience and honor and acknowledge all of those things along the way. Thank you so much for that beautiful way that you captured what God has been doing in your life and put on your heart to share with the world. My first question for you centered on my first and maybe only question centered <laughs> on what it has been like to have a focus for your work, because that has kind of been the exact opposite of how <laughs> God has led my work, where I knew very clearly that I was going to end up at Jesus, but how we got there could be a whole variety of ways. <laughs> and for you, you shared, which I didn't know until your introduction, that you first started sharing just about your life and then you went through grief and your work then took on a focus. Mm -hmm. Just what that has been like for you. I love that question. And I think that it's pretty cool because the Lord can use all of us in so many different ways. And I think that he is exactly, he has you exactly where he wants you and connecting with people and creating in a way that is exactly where he's leading you. And I think that's beautiful that you're honoring that. And for me, I think that it's so interesting because writing, there can be a restlessness with writing because you, you always wonder like if you're sharing the right things, mm -hmm. and if you're sharing enough, if you're sharing too much and it's hard to toe the line of like what you should be writing and when. And I've just, felt very, very grateful, especially the last several months, the last couple years in general, but it's really been even more so the last several months that I just feel deep in my bones that the Lord wants me in this space. Mm -hmm. And that has really encouraged me to just really continue on this path and to share in this way. And I feel really grateful to be able to do it because I think that it's such an important topic and it's something that so many people yearn to talk about and want to be able to 
express and speak with others about. So I just think that it's, for me, the focus and just really primarily talking about grief in this way has been really such a blessing. And I've just felt, I don't often feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing, but the last several months, the Lord's really put it on my heart that this is what he wants me to be doing. And I'm really grateful that he's giving me this work to do and that I get to do it. It's interesting that he has put this on your heart to do in a time when the world has been very chaotic the past few years. And so many people need hope and encouragement Mm -hmm. and people to process their pain with in light of the truth of the gospel. And I know that every piece that you write doesn't end there because part of the process of grieving something is to just allow it to be hard and Mm -hmm. to sit with it. And you don't have to tie everything up with because of Jesus, this does, you know, in light of eternity, this doesn't matter because that's not true. Right. God sits with us in our pain, but so often because it's uncomfortable to either support someone in pain or to just address it privately with God yourself or with other people that we want to avoid the processing of it and just get to the hope part and one thing that I love just about your writing and what God's put on your heart to share is that you navigate that tension so beautifully and offer work that has both parts of the that honors all of the process thank you for saying that and I think that something that's really special about creating a collection of poetry that centers on grief is being able to discuss the ebb and flow and being able to share things that are from the very first days, weeks, and the raw vulnerability of it. And as a Christian, I want to have these conversations because I want people to see that it is okay to have these feelings and to bring these hard emotions to God and to wrestle and to really lament and to feel the pain and the hardship that goes along with grieving and to know that it is more than okay and that the Lord actually draws nearer to us in those moments. And I think that sometimes we do a disservice for one another when we try to imagine that grief is something that can just be gotten over quickly And I think in the Christian community, we can put some pressure on ourselves like, oh, well, if you aren't immediately like putting a hopeful lens on it, then you, your faith must be the problem. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I really wanted to make sure came out in my work that you can be walking with Jesus and you can be struggling and you can be wrestling and you can be bringing very real doubts to prayer and he can take all of it. And that doesn't make you any less of a believer. It doesn't make you less of a Christian. It just makes you a human being who is trying to figure out how to navigate something really hard. And I think even in those moments that has made my faith even stronger than it was before to be able to honestly wrestle and to talk to the Lord in a really vulnerable way, like more vulnerable than 
in other scenarios because your heart is just so broken open that you can go there and show him everything that you've been feeling. And he's just met me there with such a tenderness. If you are here and you're not familiar with the Bible, Lamentations and the Psalms are two places where you can see some of what Liz is talking about poured out in scripture and the way that God meets us in our pain and in the messiness of that, that he is not surprised by anything that you are feeling. He's not intimidated by the messiness of it. Liz, one thing that I love that you said is that you have a body of work, like your book has all different types of poetry to honor the grieving process. And I think that we do a disservice as Christians when we forget certain books that are in the Bible mm-hmm. and only fo- and forget that while the Bible has one central purpose, which is to uplift the name of Jesus and elevate the work that God is doing, um, has been doing, will do, in the future is doing in the present that it's one story and God speaks to different things in different, you cannot just take one book of the Bible. It has a a central message, but we do a disservice when we're not familiarizing yourself ourselves with the whole body of God's work. Absolutely. So I just love that that is something that your work has in- incorporated and just reminding us of that truth that the beauty of books is that <laughs> you can get a clearer picture because if somebody stumbled just upon your Instagram and it's grateful for the ways that God can use just a snippet to encourage somebody like they don't have to know necessarily that the origin of your grief was primarily the loss of your dad Mm -hmm. in order for God to minister to their hearts. But if they continue to explore your work and dive deeper into it, you've made some of that available and it probably hits in a different way for somebody else that has gone through while they didn't lose your dad, they lost their dad mm-hmm. and and resonating with it in a deeper way because of the shared loss. Right. I've actually been so humbled by the response because it's just such a God thing that I could, in a second Corinthians way, I think it's in the beginning of second Corinthians, but the verses that talk about that we can comfort others with the comfort we ourselves have received. And in doing this, it's just been so humbling to see that it's connecting with people that are mourning all kinds of losses. And it can be a parent, it could be a spouse, a sibling, a child. And I think the reason for that is our shared humanity comes out when we're grieving. The things that we are experiencing and the depths of which are coming from such an incredible love that we are no longer able to express in the same way that we were able to when that person was with us on earth. And I just think that it's incredible that God can 
common threads and just use it as a way to bring people together that are grieving all kinds of losses. Yes, I love that as well. And just God's kindness to you in that, like I said, being able to use your pain for a greater purpose while you wouldn't have chosen that path. None of us would being able to honor him as you grieve and see how he's using the comfort that he's comforted you with to comfort (laughs) other people. So I want to talk, this flows perfectly into a line from your post. The post is called why talking about grief matters so much. And in the second sentence you said, but as so many of us learn when we lose someone, It's a topic our hearts ache to acknowledge and discuss. And I've heard from people and just stuff that I've read online that they are afraid sometimes to bring something up or say the wrong thing as though mentioning your dad would remind you of him as though you're not thinking of him throughout your day. Right. (laughs) And just how that's not true, that the silence is worse than stumbling through saying the wrong thing. Absolutely. And I think that grief is so humbling, both for the person that's grieving and for the people that are walking alongside the people that are grieving, because not only is it not a linear thing, but it presents differently for every single person. And what is right for one person might not be right for another person. And it just requires a lot of communication with one another, a lot of grace, a lot of humility. And it's just a topic that we need to be willing to be honest about and gracious and forgiving with one another about because it's just uncharted terrain for everybody. And I know that for myself, and I can't speak for everyone, but that has absolutely been the case for me that I always am up for a conversation about it. I always love talking about my dad and it's such a gift when someone brings him up, but I do know people that feel the exact opposite way. And I think that's why it's so important to talk about it because we can learn what helps the people around us and we can learn how they process and how it's different and how different is not wrong. It's just simply a different experience and requiring different things. And there's such a grace there. And I think it's especially interesting too, because our own experience can change from day to day. And you might feel totally up for having a discussion one day and it might be really painful and something that you'd rather not delve into on another day. And I think that that's why it can be so tricky too, because I think as a society, we like a rule book and we like to know like, Mm -hmm. in this situation, I do this. And in this situation, I do that. And there's just no way to do that with grief because it's just so, so individualized person to person. And it's just ever evolving and shifting day to day. And it's just been such an interesting path to walk, to see that in action, because Before I experienced a deep loss, I definitely avoided. I wanted to make sure I didn't make anyone feel worse. I didn't want to upset them if they were having a bad day. So a lot of the times, and I would be the one to just not bring it up. And looking back, I wish that I had, because in my own experience, even if someone said something that at the time I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. wasn't particularly helpful. (laughs) still remember that they tried and they reached out 
And I think that the silence can, like you mentioned at the beginning of this, the silence can be harder than someone saying the wrong thing. So I think that that's a little bit of a comfort too, knowing that there's so much grace if you do say the wrong thing. And we've all been there. I've definitely said nothing. I've definitely said the wrong thing. And I think that we just, we're learning together as we go. And the power of presence and just showing up for one another and continuing to have the uncomfortable conversation, there's just so much, so much to learn there and so much that we can give one another through open conversation. One thing that was running through my mind as you were answering that question was just how a strong call from God for both of us was to share our stories, parts of our stories on public platforms. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure that people hearing this know that if that is not something you feel called to do, it does not mean that you are not bringing glory to God or processing your pain the right way or allowing him to use your pain to help other people. That parts of Liz's story, parts of my own story are still just between us and God, that not everything we walk through is appropriate for this space. And I'm sure that Liz has learned a few lessons about that as well, what she feels comfortable um, sharing with the world, what I feel comfortable sharing, but just how if that's not the place that you're in and you don't feel comfortable having this be accessible to tons of people, mm-hmm. that that is okay permission to like you should still be in biblical community and God created us for for that and it's been such a prominent part of both of our healing processes but that it is not a requirement to honor God to put your story out there for the world to have access to not at all and I'm glad that you said that too because I think about that a lot one of the biggest things that I seek to accomplish with writing in this space and being open about this is to give people the space to share if they want to, but also just to show people that there's no right or wrong way to do this. Because I think that there are a lot of expectations put on grieving people, whether it's expectations we put on ourselves or societal constraints about how long it should take to grieve, which is silly because grief is forever because Mm -hmm. the for that person doesn't go away. But I think that there's just a lot of pressure. And I don't want to be a voice adding to the noise of being like, well, you should be doing it this way or this way. So one of the biggest things that I look to do with my work is just to be like, it's going to look different for you. It's going to look different for me. It might even look different for ourselves from day to day. And that's more than okay. And we can encourage one another and walk alongside one another at various parts of our journeys along the way. And we can journey gently together through this and just be there for one another in a time that feels very dark. And I think as somebody that is creating in the online space, it can be very easy to get caught up in feedback for your work because 
especially if, if you were hypothetically aiming at writing a book one day or something that publishers want to see that you have X amount of engagement and then it can really mess with your creative process if you're trying to write what somebody else what would be the most engaging instead of what God is really putting on your heart to share and if people that resonates with people that's you know lovely but to not have your obedience be contingent on an outcome Mm -hmm. because I've been very surprised at times what God ends up using yes and and having him something that made me very uncomfortable and I'm like God was was that you I thought that this was going to go in a different direction and then somebody will send me a message and say that was exactly what I needed but to not be dependent on that feedback like I'm so God is so kind in using uh, usually whatever we put out there if we're seeking him first but that even if I didn't receive some type of affirmation from someone else that if I truly believed that that was what God wanted me to share whether anybody else liked it or not that I have an audience of one Mm -hmm. I think that's so important too as we go because this is a decently newer thing to be sharing so vulnerably in this space you know on social media platforms the last several decades or however long it's been and I think it comes with its own challenges and its own blessings like it's very cool to be able to connect with people from other places that you might not have otherwise ever connected with, but a real danger of sorts for your own heart as you're sharing, especially when you're sharing about really vulnerable things, it can feel very scary. And I just love that you've touched on how important it is to remember that we have an audience of one. And along the way, I've really had those God winks or whispers or whatever you'd call them when I might be discouraged or struggling and he will just send this one message from this one reader that will just hit my heart in a way I didn't even know that I needed or I was looking for. And it just, he's so, so merciful to us to be like this, this right here, this is what matters. The connection with someone else, making them feel seen. It's not about the numbers. It's not about the engagement and, it's not about the social media presence. It's about the presence of you being present and bearing witness to this person's pain. And you made them feel seen for a moment in time. And to God be the glory for that, because that's something that only he can accomplish to have something written on a screen, connect with another person enough for them to reach out and let you know that. And I think that's just so special. And it's something that I try to remind myself a lot, like pay attention to these little whispers because this is the work that God has for you. And this is what he wants for you. It's not about the other stuff. The other stuff is can sometimes, while they can be very good things, they can also be very noisy things and they can make you lose focus and they can make you discouraged and they can take your eyes off of what the Lord has for you or what he wants for you. So I found that those messages quiet the noise in my heart and remind me of what's important and who is important, that being 
the Lord and the people that he puts in our path to minister to and to love and care for. So I hope if you're listening to this and you have been a more passive consumer of someone's content, that those words of encouragement really do matter. So if God puts it on your heart to leave a comment on somebody's post, to like it or acknowledge it in some way, or my favorite, tell tell me in person or send me a private text message, those things are just really sweet reminders of getting a peek inside of how God may be using something to encourage you. That is not at all why we create and do it. But if you have ever wondered if it matters to say it, it does. And so (laughs) if you have been someone that's been doing that, but I also know for myself before I started creating, I was a passive consumer of so many things because it Uh, Thanks to technology, there is so much out there that it could be a full-time job replying to comments, commenting on other people's stuff that God knows that it did something for somebody. And if I get a peek into that, that's lovely. And he's been so kind to give us both glimpses of that. But I'd rather them be spending that time reading their Bible than leaving a comment on my post or praying or talking to God that it's not the most important thing. I think it's cool, too, because like you mentioned, sometimes we'll get glimpses and there are other times and until eternity, we won't even know how many people we've gotten to influence and touch in our different spheres and I think that that's a humbling reminder to be accountable to God and to really think about the things that we say and the way that we interact with others. Because while we may see some fruit of it here, there's a lot that we'll never see. And that just helps encourage me to keep going and to keep doing what I feel he's placed on my heart. So we've talked a lot about grief in the context of losing a loved one, which I'm sure is very relevant to a lot of people given what's gone on the past couple of years. But would you be able to touch on a little bit how losing a person has impacted, I'm trying to figure out the best way to to word this, impacted moments that you've lost into like you're grieving what you thought would be as a result of the loss of the person. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that is a huge component of grief because there's the initial loss of the person, but then every single day you're faced with a different loss because for me and for having lost my dad every day, there's a little bit of a grief of a loss of moments that I thought would have him in them. So having my kids growing and learning and playing and him not being there in the way that I always imagined. And it's painful. And every single day brings with it another grief and another loss that we have to process. And we just learn to navigate it as we go. But something that's been helpful to me on that journey, the pain of that and the tenderness and the ache in my heart that I feel with that loss. But it encourages me 
in my own time and way when I'm ready to find ways to carry my dad's love into each new day and to teach my kids about their papa and to really be all of the things about my dad that were so special and he loved with his whole heart and he was so devoted to his family and resilient and kind and funny and those things I can continue to carry forward with me and while the relationship doesn't look the same as it used to and that's definitely something to grieve I can still nurture that relationship he poured so much into me while he was here and that doesn't stop growing just because he's in eternity and I'm not yet the things that he's planted in me while he was here those things will continue to grow my entire life and that's kind of the special part about doing life with one another and loving one another is that we get to do that in everyone that we love and care about. We get to plant seeds in their hearts too. And it's just a huge family tree of sorts that we get to see how it grows and how it blossoms. And one day we'll meet up with our other family members in eternity and we'll leave behind some here and they'll get to do that as well and they'll get to plant in their children and their children's children and so on and so forth. So acknowledging attention that goes along with it while also acknowledging that the love is still steady and present and there and growing just in a different way. So that's been something that's been really special to start learning how to do, especially with my own children. What a beautiful, beautiful answer. And just the fact that we have a heavenly father that cares for us so deeply that you experienced his love through the love of your dad. So I'm sure that it was easier for you to believe that you had a heavenly father because of the way that your dad loved you. Mm -hmm. And I'm just thinking of people that may be wrestling with trusting God or believing that God cares for them as a result of a broken relationship in some form with their own dad. Mm -hmm. Do you have any thoughts on this? I think about that a lot because I was very, very lucky with the relationship that I had with my own father. And he pointed me to my heavenly father while he was here. He poured into me and into my faith and I just want to say that I'm so sorry for anyone who has been mistreated by a fatherly figure or whose relationship does not at all model the relationship that we're shown in the Bible with the Heavenly Father. And I imagine that that pain and that complicated relationship would make it very hard to see that there could be a Heavenly Father that loves you unconditionally, that walks beside you, that is with you and guiding you and constantly wanting for your good. And I think that that must be so hard for someone to believe if they haven't had that modeled in one way or another. But I think that that is the beauty of the gospel that that is for everyone. And even when it's hard to believe, once Jesus finds his way to pursue you and to get to your heart, you can experience that love no matter what kind of relationship you've had here, no matter how you've been 
hurt or what has happened that has made you believe that you're not worthy because each and every one of us is absolutely worthy of that love. And we have a heavenly father that shows us how much he loved us by sending Jesus to die for us and to rise again. And I just think that spending time with Jesus and spending time in the gospel, it might take time for someone that's had relational hurt from a fatherly figure, but I think that if they're able to see that for themselves and experience that for themselves in their own time and way, because I think that Jesus is so patient and he pursues us and finds ways to win us over and to just appeal to our hearts and our personalities. He finds the different ways to speak to our hearts, to remind us of the things that are true that we might have been led to believe aren't because of the experiences we've had. He is just a creative God. He is a merciful God and he finds his way to get to each of us if we're willing to hear him. And I just think that that is something that's open to each and every one of us and that he uses that pain that we've experienced and he will still bring healing to each of us and love, love that we couldn't ever imagine. Just unconditional, beautiful, everlasting love from an everlasting father. That was so beautiful. I'm so glad that the Holy Spirit led me to ask you that question and just for the way that you responded to it, because unlike my other two guests, I did not send you a whole list of questions that I thought (laughs) that we were going to talk about. So the fact that God led us here was such a gift. I was thinking that I wanted to respond and say that you and I both had very present, loving fathers that made the idea of a heavenly father very easy for us to latch on to. But we still had to make the choice to trust Jesus with our lives. That we both experienced feelings of not enoughness, uh, unworthiness from somewhere else in our lives. It it may not have been um, directly connected to our relationship with our dads. For me, I experienced it a lot in friendships that Mm -hmm. made me feel that way and believe that about myself. And until I was met with the love of God, nothing else in my life made sense. Despite being in a very loving home where we did say, sometimes in my family, we're saying, I love you every five minutes when somebody's coming in and out of a room (laughs) that we say it and show it all day, every day. And I grew up in a home like that just by the grace of God. And yet until I came into a relationship with Jesus, it did not matter. Like, or not that it didn't matter, but it wasn't the same. Absolutely. And that just made me think while we're talking about this, that I just want people that are listening to know that there are so many different kinds of ways to grieve and there's complicated grief and there are complicated relationships. And I think that there's so much to be said for Christian community and counseling and getting that support that you might need and grieving those really complicated losses because the things that you're feeling in your grieving, they matter and they're important. And the ways that you've been hurt, that matters. And I think that that matters the most 
to our heavenly father. And so that's something that you can always bring to him too. And he wants you to be able to talk about those things with him and to heal alongside Christian community and to get the help that you need along the way. And every part of your grieving matters too, even if it presents differently because of a complicated relationship. And there's no right or wrong way for you to grieve that either. And I think that there's a lot of people that want to help and support you along the way. Yes. And because of Jesus, we know without a shadow of a doubt that God hears our prayers, that he has a plan and that plan is ultimately for our good and his glory. And if you are walking through a season right now of grief, where it just feels very dark and heavy and that there is just no way that there is a God that is working something out for your good. I want you to know that because of Jesus, that is not true, that he brings beauty from ashes and that one day he will be making all things new. And he's doing that right here, right now. Absolutely. And also that this podcast is really brought to you by Jesus in Therapy. So I appreciate you (laughs) uh, touching on that, that it can be a very, very important part of somebody's grieving process. Oh, I'm a big therapy too. (laughs) Yeah, that there is absolutely no shame in needing additional help with that. So if you were waiting for somebody to tell you to go to therapy, here it is. Um, (laughs) And just how like therapy is hard work. And I've said that on the podcast before that going and uncovering and just processing your stuff with another person, it is work, but being stuck and alone trying to work through it without someone is painful and hard too. So it's just kind of picking you're hard, at least going through the process is moving you somewhere, even if it's slow. Absolutely. And I think that it's been so cool to see the different ways that Jesus has brought light in the darkness. And I think that's why continuing to talk about grief matters. We can be the hands and feet of Jesus and we can be that light in the darkness for people And it sounds like it could be overwhelming or something that's too big of a project or a mission for us, but it can be as simple as making someone feel seen in a really difficult season, you know, sending a, I'm thinking of you text, or maybe, you know, your friend's favorite coffee order, and you know that um, a big milestone has come up and that they might be having a hard day and they have a long list of things they need to do for work. And that's just your way of showing them that you care. And I think those little things really matter more than we could possibly know. And it's, it doesn't have to be big, elaborate gestures. We can just show people every day in the way that we feel led that they matter and that their grieving matters and that the things they're going through matter and that we see them there. And I think that those moments can be real moments of light in the darkness as well that we can do for one another in the ways that we feel called. Yes. Little sparkles everywhere you go. That the Glitter. Yes. We have to bring up a little bit of sparkle in here, but just how small steps of obedience are really big 
things in the eyes of God and to delight in the small things that you can do for people that God's not asking most of us to go across the ocean. This is paraphrased from Bob Goff. He's not (laughs) sending us across the ocean. He's trying to send you across the street and that just loving your neighbor and the person right in front of you well. And maybe you just need to start like with you. You are somebody with value because you are made in the image of God that get your relationship with Jesus right. (laughs) Sit down with him and pour out your, your own pain to him. Trust him with your life. That might be the, the place that you're in. You've never taken that step to get right with God. And I just want to invite you to receive that, to believe that Jesus came to earth as a baby. He lived the sinless life that we could never live, died the death we deserved, and rose from the grave to unite us with a holy and perfect God. You do not need to spend your life trying to work your way to heaven. You can know with a shadow of a doubt that you're going to be there by trusting that Jesus already bought your your admission ticket. <laughs> so I just want to make sure that you hear that and that eternity can start right right now for you and that your life can be an adventure right where you're at because God, you've invited God to be a part of it. Absolutely. That's so beautiful. And I think that the other thing I would really want people to know is that when we have Jesus along for this ride, because this is a hard ride, it's a hard journey in this broken world. And all of us are going to face grief and loss in a variety of ways. And the fact that we have Jesus and what he's done for us, we get to grieve with hope and we get to know that this is not the final say. And I think it might be from Lord of the Rings, the quote, of all sad things will come untrue. Mm-hmm. We get we get to live in that reality and that tension. And yes, we should feel the depths of our pain and our sadness, and we should be honest about that with the Lord. But we can also know that death does not have the final say and that there is a reunion that will happen someday in eternity and everything will be restored and it will be what it was always supposed to be. And to be able to grieve with that kind of hope is just such a light and such a help even in those darkest moments to remember that there there's another chapter this is not all that there is and thank god for that so in case it is not crystal clear to somebody that has listened to this episode liz and i and even more importantly god would like to see you in heaven so we just really wanted to make sure that we communicated to you how to get there (laughs) And I just thank you, Liz, for making so much time to talk with us this morning to share how God has been working in your life and using your work and for your vulnerability in sharing. I I think even though I didn't specifically say the word gratitude, because we talked a lot about grief, that gratitude was very much embedded into our conversation. Would you agree? I do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're both immensely grateful for the, the love of God, the sacrifice 
of Jesus and just the hope that we have because of him. Amen. All right. Well, I hope you have a lovely rest of your day. I love you. And thanks again for coming on to Glitter and Brights. I love you too. Thank you for having me. Bye. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to an episode of Glitter and Braids. My prayer is that it helped you to know God better and love him more, to live fearlessly because he is faithful, and inspires you to leave a little sparkle wherever you go.